chapter sixteen of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter sixteen truth lies sometimes in a well the following morning it happened so that i did not get up over early not i assure you from any undue enjoyment of the grand crowner's quests but partly because the tide for fishing would not suit till the afternoon and partly because i had worked both hard and long at the jolly sailors and this in fulfilment of a pledge from which there was no escaping when i promised on the night before to grease and tune my violin and display the true practice of hornpipe rash enough this promise was on account of my dear wife's memory and the things bad people would say of it and but for the sad uneasiness created by black evan's privacy and the need of lively company to prevent my seeing white horses the fear of the parish might have prevailed with me over all fear of the landlord hence i began rather shyly but when my first tune had been received with hearty applause from all the room how could i allow myself to be clapped on the back and then be lazy now bunny was tugging and clamouring for her bit of breakfast almost before i was wide awake when the latch of my cottage door was lifted and in walked hezekiah almost any other man would have been more welcome for though he had not spoken of it on the day before he was sure to annoy me sooner or later about the fish he had forced me to sell him when such a matter is over and done with surely no man in common sense has a right to reopen the question the time to find fault with a fish in all conscience is before you have bought him having once done that he is now your own and to blame him is to find fault with the mercy which gave you the money to buy him a foolish thing as well because you are running down your own property and spoiling your relish for him conduct like this is below contempt even more ungraceful and ungracious than that of a man who spreads abroad the faults of his own wife hezekiah however on this occasion was not quite so bad as that his errand according to his lights was of a friendly nature for he pried all round my little room with an extremely sagacious leer and then gazed at me with a dark cock of his eye and glanced askance at bunny and managed to wink like the commodore's ship beginning to light poop lanterns speak out like a man i said is your wife confined with a prophecy or what is the matter with you hepzibah the prophetess is well and her prophecies are abiding the fullness of their fulfilment i would speak with you on a very secret and important matter concerning also her revealings then i will send the child away here bunny run and ask mother jones that will not do i will not speak here walls are thin and walls have ears come down to the well with me but the well is a lump of walls i answered and children almost always near it there are no children i have been down 
The well is dry, and the children know it. No better place can be for speaking. Looking down across the churchyard, I perceived that he was right, and so I left Bunny to dwell on her breakfast and went with Hezekiah. Among the sand hills there was no one, for fright had fallen on everybody since the sands began to walk, as the general folk now declared of them. And nobody looked at a sand hill now with any other feeling than towards his grave and tombstone. Even my heart was a little heavy, in spite of all scientific points, when I straddled over the stone that led into the sandy passage. After me came Hezekiah, groping with his grimy hands, and calling out for me to stop until he could have hold of me. However, I left him to follow the darkness in the wake of his own ideas. A better place for secret talk in a parish full of echoes scarcely could be found, perhaps, except the old red house on the shore. So I waited for Perkins to unfold as soon as we stood on the bottom step with three or four yards of quicksand, but no dip for a pitcher below us. The children knew that the well was dry, and some of them perhaps were gone to try to learn their letters. What then was my disappointment, as it gradually came out, that so far from telling me a secret, Hezekiah's object was to deprive me of my own? However, if I say what happened, nobody can grumble. In the first place, he manoeuvred much to get the weather gauge of me, by setting me so that the light that slanted down the grey slope should gather itself upon my honest countenance. I, for my part, as a man unwarned how far it might become a duty to avoid excess of accuracy, took the liberty to prefer a less conspicuous position, not that I had any lies to tell, but might be glad to hear some. Therefore I stuck to a pleasant seat upon a very nice sandy slab, where the light so shot and wavered that a badly inquisitive man might seek in vain for a flush, or a flickering of the most delicate light of all, that which is cast by the heart or mind of man into the face of man. Upon the whole, it could scarcely be said, at least as concerned Hezekiah, that truth was to be found just now at the bottom of this well. Dear Brother Dio, he gently began with the most brotherly voice and manner, it has pleased the Lord, who does all things aright, to send me to you for counsel now, as well as for comfort, beloved Dio. All that I have is at your service, I answered very heartily, looking for something about his wife, and always enjoying a thing of that kind among those righteous fellows, and we heard that Hepzibah had taken up, under word of the Lord, with the Shakers. Brother David, I have wrestled hard in the night season about that which has come to pass. My wife— to be sure, I said. My wife, who was certified seven times as a vessel for the spirit, to be sure, they always are, and then they gad about, so, brother, you understand me not, or desire to think evil. Hepzibah, since her last confinement, is a vessel for the spirit, 
to the square of what she was. Seven times seven is forty-nine, and requires no certificate. But these are carnal calculations. All this took me beyond my depth, and I answered him rather crustily, and my word ended with both those letters which, as I learned from my catechism, belong to us by baptism. Unholy David, shun evil words, pray without ceasing, but swear not at all. In a vision of the night, Hepzibah hath seen terrible things of thee. Why, you never went home last night, Hezekiah. How can you tell what your wife dreamed? I said not when it came to pass, and how could I speak of it yesterday before that loose assembly? Well, well, out with it. What was this wonderful vision? Hepzibah, the prophetess, being in a trance and deeply inspired of the Lord, beheld the following vision. A long, lonely sea was spread before her, shining in the moonlight smoothly, and in places strewed with gold. A man was standing on a low black rock, casting a line, and drawing great fish out almost every time he cast. Then there arose from out the water a dear little child, all dressed in white, carrying with both hands her cradle, and just like our little maiden Martha. Like your dirty Martha, indeed, I was at the very point of saying, but snapped my lips and saved myself. This small damsel approached the fisherman and presented her cradle to him with a very trustful smile. Then he said, Is it gold? And she said, No, it is only a white lily, upon which he shouted, Be off with you. And the child fell into a desolate hole and groped about vainly for her cradle. Then all the light faded out of the sea, and the waves and the rocks began moaning, and the fisherman fell on his knees and sought in vain for the cradle. And while he was moaning came Satan himself, bearing the cradle, red-hot and crackling, and he seized the poor man by his blue woolen smock, and laid him in the cradle, and rocked it till his shrieks awoke Hepzibah. And Hepzibah is certain that you are the man." To hear all this in that sudden manner quite took my breath away for a minute, so that I fell back and knocked my head, purely innocent as I was, but presently I began to hope that the prophetess might be wrong this time, and the more so because that vile trance of hers might have come from excessive enjoyment of those good fish of mine, and it grew upon me more and more the more I disliked her prediction about me, that if she had such inspiration, scarcely would she have sent Hezekiah to buy her supper from my four-legged table. Therefore I spoke without much loss of courage. Brother Hezekiah, there is something wrong with Hepzibah. Send her, I pray you, to Dr. Ap Yallop before she prophesies anything more. No blue woolen smock have I worn this summer, but a canvas jacket only, and more often a striped jersey. It is Sandy Macraw she has seen in her dream, with the devil both roasting and rocking him. Glory be to the Lord for it. Glory be to him, Dio, whichever of you two it was. I hope that it may have been Sandy, but Hepzibah is always accurate, even among fishermen. 
even fishermen i answered being a little touched with wrath know the folk that understood them and the folk that cannot even fishermen have their right especially when reduced to it not to be blasphemed in that way even by a prophetess dio you are hot again what makes you go on so a friend's advice is such a thing that i nearly always take it unless i find big obstacles dio now be advised by me that depends on how i like it was the best thing i could say david llewellyn the only chance to save thy sinful soul is this open thine heart to the chosen one to the favoured of the lord confess to hepzibah the things that befell thee and how the tempter prevailed with thee especially bring forth my brother the accursed thing thou hast hid in thy tent the wedge of gold and the shekels of silver and the babylonish garment thou hast stolen and dissembled also and put it even among thine own stuff cast it from thee deliver it up lay it before the ark of the lord and hepzibah shall fall down and pray lest thou be consumed and burnt with fire like the son of carmi the son of zabdi and covered over with a great heap of stones even such as this is my wrath at this foul accusation and daring attempt to frighten me was kindled so that i could not speak and if this had happened in the open air i should have been certain to knock him down however i began to think for perkins was a litigious fellow and however strict a man's conduct is he does not want his affairs all exposed therefore i kept my knit knuckles at home but justly felt strong indignation perkins thought he had terrified me for perhaps in that bad light i looked pale and so he began to triumph upon me which needs as everybody knows a better man than hezekiah come come brother dio he said in a voice quite different from the chapel scriptural style he had used you see we know all about it two dear children come ashore one dead and the other not dead you contrived to receive them both with your accustomed poaching skill for everybody says that you are always to be found everywhere except in your chapel on sabbath day now david what do our good people having families of their own find upon these children not so much as a chain or a locket or even a gold pin i am a jeweller and i know that children of high position always have some trinket on them when their mothers love them a child with a coronet and no gold david this is wrong of wrong and worse than this you conceal the truth even from me your ancient friend there must be a great deal to be made either from those who would hold them in trust or from those in whose way they stood for the family died out very likely in all male inheritance think what we might make of it by acting under my direction and you shall have half of it all old davy by relieving your mind and behaving in a sensible and religious manner this came home to my sense of experience more than all hepzibah's divine predictions or productions at the same time i saw that hezekiah was all abroad in the dark and groping right and left after the bodily truth and what call had he to cry shares with me because he had more reputation and a higher conceit of himself of course 
but it crossed my mind that this nasty fellow being perhaps in front of me in some little tricks of machinery might be useful afterwards in getting at the real truth which often kept me awake at night only i was quite resolved not to encourage roguery by letting him into partnership perceiving my depth of consideration for it suited my purpose to hear him out and learn how much he suspected it was natural that he should try again to impress me yet further by boasting dio i have been at a latin school for as much as three months together my father gave me a rare education and i made the most of it none of your ignorance for me i am up to the moods and the tenses the accidents and the proselytes the present i know and the future i know the peter perfection and the hay roost i call that stuff gibberish talk plain english if you can understand you then so much as this i speak in a carnal manner now i speak as a fool unto a fool i am up to snuff good dio i can tell the time of day then you are a devilish deal cleverer than any of your clocks are but now thou speakest no parables brother now i know what thou meanest thou art up for robbing somebody and if i would shun satan's clutches i must come and help thee dio this is inconsistent nor can i call it brotherly we wish to do good both you and i and to raise a little money for works of love you no doubt with a good end in view to console you for much tribulation and i with a single eye to the advancement of the cause which i have at heart to save many brands from the burning then dio why not act together why not help one another dear brother thou with the good luck and i with the brains he laid his hand on my shoulder kindly with a yearning of his bowels towards me such as true nonconformists feel at the scent of any money i found myself also a little moved not being certain how far it was wise to throw him altogether over but suddenly by what means i know not except the will of providence there arose before me that foul wrong which the nicodemus christian had committed against me some three years back i had forborne to speak of it till now wishing to give the man fair play hezekiah do you remember i asked with such solemnity do you remember your twentieth wedding-day davy my brother how many times never mind talking about that now you had a large company coming and to whom did you give a special order to catch you a turbo at ten pence a pound nay nay my dear friend dio shall i never get that thing out of your stupid head you had known me for twenty years at least as the very best fisherman on the coast and a man that could be relied upon yet you must go and give that order not to a man of good welsh blood with ten welshmen coming to dinner mine not to a man that was bred and born within five miles of your dirty house not to a man that knew every cranny and crinkle of sand where the turbot lie but to a tag-rag scotchman it was spoken of upon every pebble from britain ferry to aberthaw david llewellyn put under the feet of a fellow like sandy macraw a beggarly interloping freckled bitter weed of a scotchman well davy i have apologized how many times more must i do it it was not that i doubted your skill you tell us of that so often that none of us ever questioned it it was simply because 
I feared just then to come near your excellent and lamented. No excuses, no excuses, Mr. Perkins, if you please. You only make the matter worse, as if a man's wife could come into the question when it comes to business. Yours may, because you don't know how to manage her. But mine, well, now she is gone, Dio, and very good she was to you, and in your heart you know it. Whether he said this roguishly, or from the feeling which all of us have when it comes to one another, I declare I knew not then, and I know not even now, for I did not feel so sharply up to look to mine own interest with these recollections over me. I waited for him to begin again, but he seemed to stick back in the corner, and in spite of all that turbo business at the moment, I could not help holding out my hand to him. He took it and shook it with as much emotion as if he had truly been fond of my wife, and I felt that nothing more must be said concerning that order to Sandy Macraw. It seemed to be very good reason also for getting out of that interview, for I might say things to be sorry for if I allowed myself to go on any more with my heart so open. Therefore I called in my usual briskness, Lo, the water is rising, the children must be at the mouth of the well. What will the good wife prophesy if she sees thee coming up the stairs with thy two feet soaking wet, Master Hezekiah? End of chapter 16